Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you on the program, and we share time with Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church and Elder Joe Nettles, the pastor of Sulphur Springs. Uh, We're thankful to have you here with us. If you happen to be in the North Mississippi area, we would certainly love for you to come and worship with us at Macedonia. We're at 11 State Road in Ackerman, Mississippi, and uh, Sulphur Springs is on Wolf Road outside Caledonia, Mississippi, and both of our churches meet on every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., and then we also have a meeting in Starkville, Mississippi at the New Covenant Church on 200 West Garrett Road. That's in a new location, been at the La Quinta Inn for quite a while, and now we're at New Covenant Church, and we're very thankful to have that opportunity. 200 West Garrett Road, Starkville, Mississippi, Wednesday nights beginning at 6 p.m. I invite you to go to this program's website, gospel-of-grace.com, and you can find our past messages there. Subscribe to our podcast so you get regular updates. Also, you can go to macedonia-pbc.org for a lot of sermons and a lot of other content, Macedonia's website, where I'm the pastor at. This morning, we'd like to begin to consider together spiritual warfare. And we need to be reminded of the fact that we are in a spiritual battle every single day. And we wrestle not solely against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and battle Satan and our adversary every single day. We need to be aware we're in that battle and have knowledge to be able to fight appropriately in that warfare. So we hope to consider that this week and in the weeks to come. I invite you to stay with us here on the program today. And we hope this message will be beneficial and encouraging for you.
Good morning, and thank you for staying tuned to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'd invite you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 to introduce our thoughts this morning. We would like to consider this morning, and Lord willing, in a few messages to come, spiritual warfare. And I believe that sometimes, just speaking candidly, we get our eye off the ball. We lose sight of the circumstances that are around us and we get so consumed with day in and day out struggles that we lose sight that almost every event in our life is part of this larger spiritual warfare that we're engaged in every day. And for us to be able to fight and to overcome and to be successful in that spiritual warfare, number one, we need to acknowledge that we're in a battle. We need to know a lot about our enemies so we can be able to fight well against our enemies and always be reminded that we have the Lord on our side and we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. But we first have to understand the reality that we are in a spiritual warfare every single day and much of that warfare is beyond our natural sight to be able to see it. And there are angels that are fighting on our behalf, and there are unclean spirits that are fighting against us. We have Satan, our adversaries, a roaring lion trying to devour God's children. But then you have Christ and his angels standing up and protecting the people of God. And we have that battle going on all around us every single day, but we don't have the spiritual eyes to be able to see it. And if we're not aware of that battle and aware of the tactics of our enemy, then we are very susceptible to be injured, just like in a natural warfare, and to have great damage and harm in our life if we are not vigilant to be able to withstand the wiles of the devil and the attacks that are hurled at us every single day in the spiritual warfare. Now, I believe it was last year we went through the armor of God on the radio, and there's arguably nothing more important than our spiritual warfare than being shod with the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6, moving in you to go to our website at macedonia-pbc.org and we have all of those sermons from the armor of God on there and going through each individual component of the armor of God and we need to be reminded of that certainly so we've spent a good bit of time going through the armor of God we would refer you to those sermons on Macedonia's website. And I hope that you can maybe listen to those as well and be reminded of that and the necessity of the armor of God and us putting on that armor every day to protect ourselves against the wiles of the devil. So we'd like to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 to introduce these thoughts on spiritual warfare. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and begin reading in verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So first of all, why are we in the Lord's army? You may know the children's song. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Well, uh, how are you in the Lord's army? Well, you didn't choose to become a soldier. You didn't sign up to become a soldier. No, you were literally sovereignly drafted. You were chosen by God. And there are a lot of challenges that come in our life because Satan, as a roaring lion, is seeking to devour God's people. But we always need to be reminded that the reason why Satan desires to overcome us, the reason why Satan desires to afflict us is because God chose us. 
because God loves us. And that is a great badge of honor. If you're not having some degree of conflict and struggle here in this world, then that's an evidence that you're probably a little too friendly with the world. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And if you're not having some degree of conflict in this warfare, then you may be too closely aligned with the enemy, just to be honest with you. You've been chosen to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, and we need to war a good warfare. And there are some challenges to warring a good warfare, particularly here in this text right here, in being entangled with the affairs of this life can truly distract a soldier. I mean, can you imagine how beneficial or truly not beneficial a soldier is going to be on the front lines if he's not fully invested in the battle at hand? If he's thinking about what's going on at home, if he's thinking about his business, if he's thinking about his family, and he's distracted from the heat of the battle, that's the soldier that's going to be in danger of getting overtaken in the midst of that battle, right? So we have to have our mindset focused on this battle battle and not be entangled with all the affairs of this life. And we also need to be reminded that being a good soldier is hard. It's hard. It's hard work. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Being a soldier is not easy. It's hard. It's hard work. But we have been chosen and called to that warfare. Paul continues on in 2 Timothy chapter 4 as he's ready to depart, ready to pass away, giving his final words both to Timothy and the church. And he summarizes this in verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He's earlier exhorting Timothy for him to fight a good fight. You wore a good warfare. You be a good faithful soldier in service to God. But also, he's now ready to depart, believes he's going to pass away very soon, and he says, I've given it my best. And that's certainly what I hope we all desire to be able to say as we're hopefully giving dying grace, as we're getting ready to pass away here in this world. We're laying down our head and trust that the Lord will give us dying grace in that moment, knowing we're about ready to depart. I hope that we can say, I've done the very best that I could. We could always do better, and on our best day, we're still unprofitable servants. But at the end of the day, I don't want to say, you know, I was too entangled with the affairs of this life. I was too distracted. I want to be able to say, Lord, you know my heart. I've given it the very best I had. I have fought a good fight. So we need to be reminded that we are in a warfare every single day. And part of what really brought this to my mind, and we will expound on this later on as we go through the different aspects of spiritual warfare, is in the book of Revelation, particularly chapters 2 and 3, he's encouraging these churches, these seven churches in Asia Minor that are struggling during this time. And part of the reason why I believe God peels back the curtain to the Apostle John and then to us to see not just some things that were occurring in the world then, but some things that would occur in the future, particularly leading up to the Lord's second coming. He's wanting them to understand that they are in the midst of a spiritual battle that has been going on from the beginning of the world. And I think that's why he gives in the book of Revelation this big picture of Satan and the beast and the Babylonian harlot and this, this big picture of seven churches in Asia, persecuted Christians in, in these churches. Understand the big picture 
picture that this is a struggle that has been going on against Satan and Christ since the beginning of the world and will continue until the end of the world. And you are in the midst of this conflict because God loves you, because he's chosen you to be a soldier. So churches, be encouraged. But first of all, you're not the first people to be persecuted for Christ's sake and for righteousness sake. You're not the first person to try to be overcome by our adversary, by the devil. But also be encouraged that we can overcome him through the blood of the lamb and through the testimony of his word. That's in Revelation chapter 12. So Christ is encouraging these struggling persecuted Christians by giving them the big picture. And that's that's many times what we need to be reminded of in the midst of a very trying circumstance in the moment. We get focused on immediately what's going on around us. Instead, Christ is trying to give them the big picture. And the big picture is this is a battle between Satan and Christ that has been going on since the beginning of the world, since the fall in the garden, and it will continue toward the end of the world, and it will continue to escalate. But never forget in the midst, in the heat of this conflict, in the midst of this warfare, when you're down in the foxholes and the bullets are spiritually flying right by you every single day, don't lose sight of the fact that Jesus is going to conquer every single enemy. He's going to come back and he's going to destroy Satan and the beast and the false prophet. He's going to cast them all into the lake of fire and he's going to defeat them and come back with the brightness of his coming and destroy all of those enemies that are persecuting you, church. Just what he's trying to do in the book of Revelation is to give them the big picture and understand you're not alone. Christ is fighting for you. These angels are fighting for you. And and yes, you are being afflicted by Satan, but don't ever be discouraged. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that we are winners. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So in Revelation chapter two and three, I believe that we see carried out what we considered when we went through the armor of God. And again, I would really encourage you to go and listen to those messages again in conjunction with our consideration of spiritual warfare on Macedonia's website. But in Ephesians chapter six and in verse 12, we always need to not lose sight of the big picture. And that's that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So don't think that your enemy is solely the flesh and blood person that is standing across from you and opposing you. Don't lose sight of the big picture. The big picture is your battle is against Satan. Your battle is against the devil. And he is using his minions and his unregenerates and even children of God that sometimes can be deceived. Think about Peter who was trying to discourage Jesus from going to the cross and Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. I mean, even children of God can be influenced by Satan to detract from the advancement of the kingdom and the winning of this warfare, if you will. But Satan has a lot of tools at his disposal. And don't think that you're alone. Don't think you're the first person that this has ever happened to. But also don't think that your battle is solely against the flesh and blood person that's standing against you. Part of the reason why God gives this vision to John and to the church is so that they would understand that your battle is not solely with flesh and blood. Your battle is with Satan. And that's what I want us to wake up and realize this morning and in these messages to come. Our battle is with Satan. And we have to be ready for this battle because I'll tell you, Satan gets up every day and he is ready. He is showing up as a roaring lion every single day to attack and destroy 
to the best of his ability, God's people. And part of the reason why the church is being diminished is because we're just plumb not ready for this battle. We're not trained well enough. We're not trained well enough in the word of God, which by the way, what's the offensive weapon against Satan in that armor of God? It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And what what did Jesus use against Satan when he was tempted three times in the wilderness? He used the word of God and the sword of the spirit to beat back Satan. And then the other offensive weapon we have, the seventh part of that armor of God in Ephesians chapter six is prayer. It's calling upon God to bless us. So we need to be fighting from a position of victory. You know, Satan gets up every single day and his head has been crushed by the son of God. His head has been crushed by Jesus and he is is a defeated foe. And he knows he's a defeated foe. He knows he has but a short time and he's wanting to wreak as much havoc and destroy the lives of as many children of God as he can during the short time that he has. He gets up every day as a defeated foe and goes out to battle acting like he's going to win. But instead, we have been given victory in Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors through Christ, but we get up every day acting like we're going to lose. (laughs) I'll tell you, we need to have more of Satan's perspective, don't we? He knows he's a defeated foe, but he gets up with a a hope, not a biblical hope, not a godly hope, but a hope and a wish that he's going to win. And we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, and we go to battle acting like that we're going to (laughs) lose. No, children of God, that's part of the reason why the book of Revelation is so important is so that we know in the midst of this warfare, we are already fighting from a position of victory, right? We are already fighting from a position of victory that Jesus Christ has secured by his blood on the cross. And now we need to overcome. There's a lot of promises to people that there's a promise in all seven letters to these seven churches to them that overcome. These are the blessings that happen when you overcome Satan and the temptations of Satan here in this world. These are the blessings that come and this is an exhortation so that we will fight from a position of victory. I mean, we should be storming the gates of hell. That's the language that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. Peter confessed that he's the son of God. Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I mean, we feel like that we're being attacked by Satan, and we are. But instead, we, as the army of Christ, should be galvanizing together, picking up our sword of the spirit, putting on every single bit of that armor so we're fully protected, praying for God's blessing upon us as we're going into battle. And we're going into battle as a united unit, as the church of God, and we're going into battle, but we should be storming the gates of hell. I mean, sometimes we think, oh, well, The gates of the church are not going to be overcome by Satan. And that's true. God will have a witness when he returns a second time. But it's all about perspective, isn't it? We feel like, oh man, Satan is attacking the gates of the church. And there's no way he's ever going to fully overcome the gates of the church. Instead, our perspective should be, let's storm the gates of hell, right? Let's pick up our sword of the spirit and let's go attack Satan. Let's go advance the kingdom. Let's go thwart the kingdoms of darkness here in this world. Let's fight back against the spiritual wickedness in high places. And let's storm the gates of hell 
royal as the army of God and not just sit back because I'll tell you, Satan's coming after you. Satan's coming after you every single day and you've got to be ready. That's what I want us to understand as we go through these messages. You have to be ready because he's going to get up and he's going to bring his A game every single day. And we well know, especially from the temptations that Jesus endured, he's going to bring his A game when you're the weakest. He's going to tempt you with bread when you haven't eaten for 40 days and you're malnourished and to the point of probably physically dying like Jesus was. He's going to come at you in your weakest moment, which by the way, that's why you need to be surrounded by the protection of the church as a whole because Satan is going to come at you in your weakest moment and you need some brothers and sisters in Christ that are there to pray for you and help you and encourage you when you're in that weakest moment right? But we need to have the attitude that we're going to storm the gates of hell, (laughs) okay? Why? Because we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So I want you to understand, we're not wrestling solely against flesh and blood. We are battling against Satan, and we've got to get up every single day and be ready to scrap. We got to get up every single day and be ready to fight and put on our armor because Satan's coming after us, whether we like it or not, and we better be ready. We better be ready to fight. So in Revelation chapter two and three, Jesus is explaining to the church that their battle is not with the physical people that are opposing them. Their battle is with Satan, which by the way, when you realize that your battle is with Satan, isn't it great to read the book of Revelation to know that first of all, Satan can only do what God suffers him to do. And then to know that the end finality of the devil is that he's going to be fully overcome and consumed and cast in a lake of fire. (laughs) Satan causes a lot of problems here in time, but we need to be reminded when we are battling Satan and battling the flesh and blood that is working for Satan, we need to be reminded that there is a power behind the flesh and blood. And that's what he's telling them in Revelation chapter 2, speaking first of all to the church at Smyrna. Verse 9, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So first of all, Jesus says there are some Jews that say that they are members of the synagogue, but understand they are not truly devout, even born-again children of God. These are whited sepulchers, just like a few of the Pharisees and the scribes during Jesus' day. They're whited sepulchers that look good on the outside, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. And he says, look, there are Jews of the synagogue that this is the synagogue of Satan. Satan is in control of this supposed house of worship, but it's not God's synagogue, it's Satan's synagogue. We're going to pick this thought back up in our next message, but I want you to understand these are of the synagogue of Satan, and the devil shall cast some of you into prison. Now, the devil wasn't going to be manifest in the flesh. This spiritual creature of Lucifer was going to come down and physically pick them up. No, who was going to cast them into prison? Well, it was going to be the local magistrates, right? It was going to be spiritual wickedness in high places. It was going to be rulers of darkness in this world. But who was the power 
behind that? Who is the sinister schemer behind them being cast into prison? It was the devil. And there's a couple other similar references to the church at Pergamos and to the church at Philadelphia. And then we see this power behind Herod in Revelation chapter 12 of the power behind these flesh and blood men. And we're going to pick that back up next time for us to just understand that there is a power behind the natural events that come here in this world. And those events are individual battles in the spiritual warfare that we are in. So first of all, we need to know we're in a fight. We need to put on that armor of God. We need to put on all aspects of it, especially be praying unto God for his blessings and mercy. But we also need to fight from a position of victory. And praise be unto God, we have been given the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, and we need to have that mindset as we go into the spiritual warfare and conflict every single day. We hope this messages, and Lord willing, the messages to come on this spiritual warfare will be encouraging and edifying to you, but also that we can learn how to fight appropriately and have a good battle plan and attack plan and scouting report of our enemy so we are prepared when those inevitable battles of this warfare come. We invite you to tune in during those future messages, and we hope today has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Until we have a chance to meet again here on the radio program, we pray that God will richly bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast, entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.